the Public News Service Daily Newscast, February the 7th, 2022. I'm Mike Clifford. Households across the nation receiving free COVID tests by mail after the government rolled out the option last month. But Mike Moen tells us in this report, in collaboration with Daily Yonder in states like South Dakota, those living in tribal communities and remote areas have to go through extra hoops to get them. Through a designated website, households can order up to four free tests that are sent to them by the U.S. Postal Service. Author Christopher Shaw has written about the agency. He says it's not uncommon for those living on reservations and in extremely rural areas to not have a street address. And then there's the issue of technology. And if you're in a rural place where you don't really have access to the Internet, then how are you going to use the website to order in the first place? And he says website glitches might exacerbate some of these issues. Still, the Daily Under reports some living in tribal communities say working through these barriers is better than no options. That includes driving round trip to pick up tests at a P.O. box as opposed to traveling hundreds of miles to get them because there's no state-sponsored site in their general area. A total of 500 million COVID tests are being made available through the government website. Now from Reuters, Ottawa Mayor Jim Watson Sunday declared a state of emergency to help deal with the unprecedented 10-day occupation by protesting truckers that has shut down the core of the Canadian capital. Reuters notes that that Freedom Convoy began as a movement against a Canadian vaccine requirement for cross-border truckers, but has turned into a rallying point against public health measures, as well as the Prime Minister there, Justin Trudeau. And from web searches to smart speakers, artificial intelligence, or AI, has become a ubiquitous part of our lives. Some Ohio journalists are using it to take a deeper dive into their investigations. With countless articles chronicling rising housing prices, Ion Ohio looked at the opposite end of the spectrum, the worst housing and the impact on people who are struggling. Executive Director Lucia Walenchis says with the help of AI software, they scoured through hundreds of public records and thousands of lines of code to see how various cities and land banks in the state choose to take over decrepit properties. Algorithms now are really useful in that they kind of flip the script. Instead of saying, hey, computer, this is what's important, we're saying we have all this data. What is the most important thing? This story was produced in association with Ion Ohio, the Ohio Center for Investigative Journalism and Media in the Public Interest, and funded in part by the George Gunn Foundation. I'm Mary Sherman, Fighter 8 Trust Indicators, support transparency and accuracy at publicnewsservice.org. This is PNS. As lawmakers in Illinois and across the nation consider reforms to the nation's juvenile justice system, one county across the Atlantic could serve as a model. Northern Ireland's Youth Justice Agency places an emphasis on early diversion, community involvement, and restorative justice. Kelvin Doherty with the agency says the goal is to keep kids out of police custody and prevent them from racking up a criminal record. Let's address these concerns and these issues before the police are called and before they get into a court setting. Doherty says the restorative justice process can take one of several paths, including a simple apology, community service, or mental health treatment. According to data from the Youth Justice Agency, more than 97% of victims say they're satisfied with the restorative justice process. This is Jonah Chester reporting. According to the Children's Defense Fund, nearly 2,000 kids are arrested in America every day. Amid support and criticism, a marathon public hearing and debate over a bill to 
bolster voting access ended in the New Mexico Roundhouse Friday without any resolution. The bill would expand online voter registration, including further protections for native voters, designate election day as a holiday, and create a permanent voluntary absentee ballot request list. During the nine-hour hearing that included public comment, Jacob Vigil with New Mexico's Voices for Children urged lawmakers to take bold action. New Mexico is already a model for running fair and secure elections, and this year you have the opportunity to upgrade our state's election practices and protect the freedom to vote to make our state's democracy more inclusive and representative. After adopting a series of amendments, the chair of the Senate Rules Committee postponed a vote on the bill, saying it needed more time for review. I'm Roz Brown. Finally, Eric Galatis lets us know lawmakers are considering a bill that would restore Nebraskans' right to vote immediately after they complete their felony sentence. ACLU Nebraska board member Jason Whitmer spent two decades in the criminal justice system after getting into what he calls serious trouble as a teenager. He says LB-158 would encourage more people re-entering society to educate themselves about programs that impact their families and to get more involved in improving communities. Individuals that get into the voting process more often than not are individuals that are interested in what policies, what law dictates our life and making policies and laws better. Whitmer was released from custody in 2016 and has been working, volunteering, and paying taxes ever since. Under current law, he won't be able to cast a ballot until 2027 because his parole doesn't end until 2025. Backers of the two-year waiting period have argued that it provides a carrot to encourage good behavior when people re-enter communities. This is Mike Clifford. Thank you for starting your week with Public News Service. Member and listener supported. Heard on interesting radio stations. Find a trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.